everyone. Welcome to The Path of Me. I'm your host, Wendy Hutchinson. And today my guest is me. I'm going to be talking about my story and how I got here, why I wrote the book that I wrote, why I'm doing the work that I'm doing. Because all of these years, I've been interviewing all these incredible guests, and I've never really told my story. So today I wanted to hop on, share my story, tell you guys a little bit about myself. I am an intuitive life coach, an ascension coach. And what that means is, what ascension means is I help you to raise your energetic frequency and vibration. And as you raise your frequency and vibration, you attract the experiences that are in resonance with that frequency. So as we process and work through the things that are holding you back in life, usually it's things that are not aligned with your soul, with your core essence and being. As we unpack all of that and work through that deep trauma and releasing of false beliefs and all the programming that we've been subjected to, you start to cut the weight of it and you start to rise energetically. So that's what my life coaching and ascension coaching is about. I'm an intuitive, so I'm really intuitively guided as to where to go with you on the, on the you know, twists and turns of your life in our sessions. And I also went through a lot on my own personal journey to actually get here and be in service to all of you. And my journey started as a small child. I was born in Kailua, Hawaii. And my adult life was really influenced by my family of origin story, which is, we all have one. It's really the story of our culture, our family dynamics, how we were raised, the core beliefs that were kind of deeply embedded in us through our religion and our social programming and our our parents' ancestral trauma and behaviors and everything that they passed down through their parenting, which they learned from their parents who learned from their parents. That's how we get this generational trauma and patterning and deep, deep, deep pervasive programming um, embedded into our DNA. That's how they imprint and create patterns in our family lineage. It could be patterns of abuse. It could be patterns of addiction. It can be patterns of shame, um, patterns of unworthiness. There's all these patterns that get subconsciously passed down from generation to generation. And my background was primarily based in the Chinese culture. I'm Chinese Hawaiian and about eight other nationalities, but primarily culturally, I was raised in that culture. And also I was raised Catholic. So if you are raised in a religious background or you know, some sort of religious beliefs, those will also contribute to the core values that you take on and the core beliefs about yourself. So what I wanna to explain to you is how these patterns and programs influenced my life. And that's what inspired me to write my book. 
to help all of the other people out there like you navigate and kind of connect the dots for your life. So first of all, if you are Asian and you're listening to this, you've lived my story. I don't think I need to go any further. But for the rest of you, if you are raised in an Asian culture, what is most prized and coveted is your external image. It is a very, very deeply competitive race, um, being Chinese American. And what that looks like is you are programmed to strive. You are programmed to achieve. You are programmed to hit all the markers and there's no room for failure because failure is pretty much equated with shame, unworthiness. And basically it boils down to, if you don't hit the markers, you're not loved. That's the core of it, which is, that's some deep shit right there. And it took me a long time to unpack that. And, you know, our parents didn't know any better. That's how they were raised. That's what their values were. You get, you know, higher education, you go on and you get your corporate job and you strive and you achieve and you become an attorney, a doctor, um, a corporate vice president or president, CEO would be even better. And you just keep striving. And the more you achieve, the prouder your parents are and the more encouragement you get. So you get a lot of praise by achieving um, and hitting markers, you know, being an incredible athlete, being a scholar, being a good girl and doing what you're told and hitting all those expectations. And you realize if you don't, it's not even like it's anything spoken. It's just unspoken, but it's known. You know, I think there's like this coding that this genetic coding that gets imprinted in us. It's like, you just know you are here to strive and achieve and make your family proud. That's what you do. So that was the culture I was, I was raised in. And if you couple that with my Catholic upbringing as a child, you know, my grandparents were very, very, uh, devoted Catholics, and they took me to church every Sunday. And from the age of seven, I had to go to confession on Saturday, so you could go to church and take communion on Sunday. And so one of my earliest memories is really being in that, you know, wooden, there's a wooden confessional box. So you're, you're waiting in line on the bench, and then you go in and you got to confess your sins to the priest. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, first of all, I didn't believe I was a sinner. And I'm going to tell you right now at seven, I was not, but they make you come up with sins. Like you can't go in there and go, you had a, a great stellar week. Like I killed it this week. You know, you have to go in there and like confess something. So I remember just sitting in, in that, on that hard church bench, just sweating, you know? like oh my god i gotta come up with some sort of sin and going in there and making stuff up like oh i hit my sister or i said a bad word or you know you're seven you know what kind of stuff are you making up and then you get set, sent back to the pew to say x amount of hail marys you're absolved all's right in the world but you know week after week 
you know, living in the culture, living in that religion, you start to try to make sense of your life. And what you start to do is realize that you're, you better step up because what you're doing is not good enough. You're not good enough, you know? And so there's a lot of pressure on you from an early, early age to be on your A game all the time. And one of those, one of the byproducts to that was that I became a very much a perfectionist because perfection was expected. Like it wasn't unusual. If you got a B plus, which I, I'd be pretty damn proud of, you know, I've come home with my B plus and my dad was like, why didn't you get an A? You're like, wow. <laughs> about this I killed it you know or I'd bring home an A and be like why didn't you get an A plus you know so I, I know that my parents are doing this from a place of love like they want you to be successful they want you to have a good life right and it all boiled down to your worth your worth being determined by your external circumstances what car you drive what title you have at work, what corporate job you've let you've locked down, what um, your income is, what kind of purse are you carrying, what kind of jewelry are you wearing, you know, this is just a cultural thing. Chinese culture, they love their jewelry. They love their jewelry. So you go to a family event, and everybody's got all this beautiful jade and gold and you go to these nine course dinners and, this, you know, the, your culture, what I'm basically saying, sets the tone of your core beliefs. So I didn't even realize that there was another way of thinking because I had been programmed to believe that my worth is, you know, based on my external um, reality. And another thing that I realized was I'm not good enough and I better hustle and try harder. So you're programmed to hustle and do better, hustle and do better, hustle and to do better. And because it created this perfectionist um, reality for me, I became such a perfectionist because I was so afraid of failing um, that it was like I was always trying so hard and falling short because guess what perfection doesn't exist but i was trying to churn out perfect asian children i was trying to create the perfect holiday i was trying to cook the perfect you know experience for vacations and it was exhausting people it was so exhausting and i didn't have an awareness i was doing it like i knew i was extreme i knew i was intense I knew that I was trying to shove my kids who are both artists, by the way, one's a classical guitarist, one's an incredible artist and a mechanic and that, that um, yeah, they're not your typical corporate material. They, they'll never really work in a corporate job. But I was trying to force them into the same box as my parents forced me into. And the difference was I was a good girl. So I did everything I was told. I was like, okay, okay, I'll try harder. I'll try harder. I'll try harder. And my kids were like, we're not buying any of that shit. We're not doing it. And they didn't. And it drove me insane. <laughs> they drove me insane. 
But you know what I realized is they had a soul contract with me. My husband too. We've, you know, all our family members have soul contracts with us before we come into this life. And they were here to crack me open. They were here. Their rebellion was here to open my eyes because the harder I tried to like push them, the more they dug their heels in and they're like, nope, more video gaming, more electric guitar playing, less studying. It was like, it was mad me. It was mad me, drove me insane. Ultimately, we all survived. Everybody ended up, they're like, uh, one's gonna be 30 and the other one's gonna be 28. And we all survived, everybody turned out okay. But what they were forcing me to do was to let go and surrender. And it really, really didn't start until about 2009, 2000, 2009. I'll tell you, I had this pivotal experience where I went to, I was getting this, this urge or this nudge to see a psychic. Never had seen one before, didn't know what they did. I thought it was like a tarot card reading where you go and they're like, you're going to win the lottery and be rich and famous and you're gonna do this that and the other and it's all, it's all this good news you know I thought it's like this little tarot card reading you pay your fee end of story nope that's not how it went down I pulled in so here's the deal it was $75 and for as long as she could read me um she'd keep going which I was like, cool, you know, I thought it'd be like an hour. Well, I go in there and I, I pull in and, and for some reason, I just intuitively knew how to center myself and expand my energy out and just be the fullest like version of me energetically. And I walk in and she's like, I felt you coming from the parking lot, you know, I'm like, I don't know what that means, but okay. So, so we sit down, she lights, lights the candles. And she starts telling me all these dead relatives have been waiting for me, hanging around. And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. And I wanted to get up and run. Like I wanted to, like, I don't know what the hell I just got myself into. I'm like super uncomfortable with this. Well, she was a medium. She was a psychic medium. And a medium is a person that connects to your deceased relatives in the other, on the other side. Apparently that was like, like, a room full it was a standing room only to share messages with me right but i didn't leave because i paid my money and i'm like okay whatever i'm really uncomfortable with this so she starts you know telling me all this stuff like my grandparents are there on my mom's side they come forward they start talking about all this stuff that happened um she's describing all these experiences I had with my grandparents that I, nobody would know that. She couldn't even look that, I had forgotten about a lot of them. She knew their names, cause of death, you know, and then, okay, the kicker is, right? So go through this whole thing. Three and a half hours goes by, you guys, like, it's a long time. And she, 
she says, your father-in-law, you're really close to him, right? And I was, was really close to him. I didn't know him very long. He passed from lung cancer. She says, your father-in-law is standing right behind you. I'm like sobbing my eyes out. I'm just sobbing my eyes out. I'm like, I don't know what's happening to me. Like, what is happening here? This is like so crazy. And it's like, feel like it's so true, but this is weird. And I didn't know what to do with it, right? Anyway, she goes, stop crying. He's gonna put, he's putting his hand on your head. Do you feel it? And I feel his hand pressed down on my head, freaks me out. I'm bawling my eyes out. I'm like, oh my God. Oh my God. I'm like, this is no joke. Like this is something, something's happening here. Like this is for real. Like I knew there was life after death. I just, I, I knew that. It's to get that kind of confirmation like blew my mind. Okay, I wasn't ready to handle this stuff. That reading was three and a half hours. I had to be somewhere, so I had to leave. It probably would have gone all day. I don't, there was like so many people in that room. Uh, so that was wild, cracked me open. And you know, you hit these pivot points in your life and they change you in some way. That was like the beginning. It was like the beginning of me going, huh, there's something else out there that I knew was out there, but wasn't ready to explore. Like this is, this is real. This otherworldly stuff that I thought was so woo woo, there's something there, you know? And so I subsequently had more readings with her and it became more natural. And I started to explore past lives and you know, I had to started to have more experiences, I was being cracked open. And what happens is when we were cracked open, we're expanding our consciousness. And as we expand our consciousness, we're creating space for new ideas to come in. We're starting to tear apart the facade of what we think we know and step into embracing the fact that we don't know what we don't know. And there's a whole lot out there. So after that, I started to feel my intuition starting to kick in a little bit because I'm very intuitive. I never told anybody that I was empathic I didn't know there was a name for it, but I was super sensitive and I could feel people's emotions like they were my own. Like I went to a funeral once and just started bawling my eyes out. I mean, there was so much grief, so much weight, so much sadness. I, I just started bawling my eyes out. I got totally yelled at like, what, what are you doing? You're seven years old, like what the hell? And I didn't know why. But it's because I'm empathic. So the, if you're empathic, you're just like a little emotional sponge. And your job on the planet as an empath used to be to absorb the suffering of people, process and filter it, alchemize it, let it go. I did not know this was a thing that I just knew that I felt things, right? So all of this stuff starts to make sense. You know, I realized I was empathic. I've always known I was super intuitive, never said a word to my parents. You know, this stuff you didn't talk about. You didn't talk about anything that was out there 
Okay, really, you went to school, you got straight A's, you played a sport, you played violin, you, you know, went on to be agent perfection. That's the path and that's what you do. That's what we focus on. So, you know, there was this little crackling and I had already had kids at the time. They were just entering high school, kind of middle of high school. And I had been in this perfectionist pattern, right? So you do too much at your own expense. You're the good girl. So you volunteer every time someone needs something, you say yes, even if it's inconvenient, you never, never choose yourself. You never put yourself first, you're last. I was lower than the dogs. I always joke about that, but that was true. Lower than the dogs. Everybody's needs were met. Everybody was fed, everybody got to school, all their projects, uh, materials were done, got to guitar, you know, dive team, swim team, whatever they were doing water polo, whatever it was. Everybody got where they need to be. Dogs were taken care of. I had a job, house was clean. You know, I'm a perfectionist, right? So not only am I just doing the stuff, I'm doing it next level good. Cause that's what we do. We got to prove our worth, right? You got to be on your game. And slowly over time, you just start giving and giving and giving and never honoring yourself or replenishing yourself energetically or pouring and fertilizing and watering your own garden, you start to get depleted and burned out and resentful. And this happened to me. I was starting to get bitter, pissed off, annoyed. And it was my own fault. I was in the program of perfection and Asian perfection, which is next level. And I was not saying no. I didn't know how to disappoint people you're programmed to please people. And I was just getting more and more and more depleted. And I went for this reading, same, same psychic lady. And she said, you know, if you don't start to change, you're going to, you know, you're going to get really sick. And I feel like you're going to die. I was like, hmm. sure. She goes, you have to change the way you're living your life. You have to take care of your body. You have to work out. You have to stop drinking Diet Pepsi all day long. You know, you have to start doing things that are going to support your, your health and wellness. You have a purpose here. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I, I'm too busy. I can't be bothered with any of that bullshit. <laughs> you know, I've got stuff to do. Well, sure enough, I get, I, I'm, be bopping along one day and in my kitchen or actually I was in my dining room. Nobody's home. And there's like this booming voice, female voice, strong, powerful, like reverberating in my head that yells, save yourself. And I'm like, I mean, that scent, just reverberating energy, just like rippling down my field. I was like, what in the hell? who said that, looking around, looking around, I have no idea, like, who said that, like, literally, I said that, my higher self yelled and, like, shook me to my core, said that to me, I didn't even know what a higher self was, I don't know what that was, but I knew that it was me telling me, I'm gonna, I just knew in that instant, if I did not choose me, I was going to die. I knew in that in my soul, I was going to get really sick, suffer and die. Like I knew it. 
it had to be that radical, I think, to get my attention because I was just so good at just ignoring all the signs and burying my feelings and not speaking my truth and just being a martyr and a codependent and perfectionist. I was a mess, you guys. I was a mess. And so I started my journey back to myself, choosing myself. It had to be so slow. It had to be so incremental because I didn't know how to choose myself without feeling guilty. I didn't know how to love myself. I only learned how to serve others and meet expectations. I never learned how to feel my feelings. I never learned how to hold space for myself. I never learned about self-love and nurturing and how important it is for all of us to honor our inner voice, our soul, our knowing, our bodies, our dreams. I didn't know. So I started very small steps of choosing things that brought me joy. I didn't even know what spirituality was. I was an atheist by the time this happened. It's like 2009. I had walked away from my religion. It never resonated with me. And as soon as I could, I bailed on it. It's like, this is not working for me. It did not resonate. And as I started to do these things and start to choose myself, I started to change. I started to feel better about myself. I started to feel less resentful because I was saying yes to me and no to things that were taking my time that didn't matter to me. I got practiced in disappointing people and choosing myself. I wasn't great at it. I ended up um, having a breakdown a few years later because I was choosing myself, but kind of, sort of, <laughs> you know, it's like I was going to coffee or happy hour with a friend or, you know, I wasn't like taking girls trips. I wasn't really choosing myself. I was fitting myself in around the lifestyle and needs of everyone else still because, you know, Old habits are hard to break, right? 40 plus years of being a certain way doesn't just shift overnight. You have to choose it consciously every single day. So I had a total breakdown. And really, it's just I had nothing left to give anybody. Nothing. I was at negative 100 probably. And that really forced me to take even a deeper look at myself. Um, and I talk about it in my book. I think I have my, I think I have a copy of my book around somewhere. I should probably show you my book. Anyway, here's my book, Finding the Path of Me, Awakening to Remembering Who I Am and Why I Am Here. And I did this so that I could help you all figure out, you know, and connect the dots on how to become more honest with yourself. So sometimes, you know, you think having a breakdown is the worst thing ever. Like all, your world just starts to implode and you just fall apart and you think your life's over. You know, it's over, game over. But really the breakdown is life telling you, I need to look at what's going on inside of me. I can't stop stuffing it, avoiding it, ignoring it. I need to I need to find myself. 
that's basically what happens. You realize you have to find yourself. And how do you do that? You know, I went to therapy. <laughs> I um, hired a personal trainer. I started to choose me and say no and stop giving all my time away and bringing all my energy back into myself. And it was a process and it took a while. But in doing that in choosing myself in starting to make decisions that were honoring my time, my energy, my knowing, I started to change. And I started noticing synchronicities were happening. At first, they were minor, they were small little synchronicities. It was like things in nature were happening that were unusual. You know, large hawks were like coming into my yard and allowing me to like get really close to them. And big butterflies the size of my hand would just like land on, on the ground right next to me or fly up to me and land on me. You know, all these things in nature started happening and I was like, hmm, this is really interesting, you know? And as I was kind of putting the pieces back together, I decided, you know, all I want to do is be the best version of me in my life. I don't really care about being successful or making anybody proud. I don't really care about meeting anyone's expectations. I just need to heal myself. And that's what I'm going to do. And I need to start treating my body better. You know, I just love the trainer, personal trainer that I hired. He was so inspirational and motivational and like kicked my ass. <laughs> he really did when I needed it. You know, I started doing yoga. I started meditating. I started doing all these things. And it was kind of like this trail of breadcrumbs that I just kept following, just telling me, you need to do this next. You should look at this next. I started watching Super Soul Sunday. I started reading and absorbing all these spiritual ideas and concepts that were leading me somewhere. I started working on things like forgiveness, acceptance, um, my ego. I started changing consciously my inner narrative and starting to, starting to be aware of how mean I was to myself in my mind how many times a day would I say something unkind or judgmental to myself about myself and it was a lot and nobody knew you know nobody really knew how bad I felt about myself because I had this beautiful mask and I could be whoever you wanted me to be corporate wife nailed that you know I'd look good I'd show up at the events I was engaging I love socializing um you know put the mask on good daughter I was really good at that one put the mask on um it's amazing how I could chameleon and just be whoever you wanted me to be and so this process of discovery and finding myself was a journey so, un, so foreign to me. I had no idea what I was getting into. I had no idea what I would discover when I really found out who I really was. And it turns out I, I was basically, I kind of returned to my four-year-old self 
<laughs> that was the core essence of who I was, you know, just really good natured, really loving, really caring about others. I wanted to be in service to others, I found out. But as I was reading and watching all these books and watching Super Soul Sunday, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm like on a spiritual path. It's like this big surprise. <laughs> I didn't know spirituality was a thing. Like I just didn't even, wasn't even on my radar, you know, until about probably 2013, 2014, when I started reading all these authors and I went through this sponge phase where you just devour all this knowledge and you start to filter it through and go, wow, this really resonates with me. This really resonates with me. And you start creating your own core beliefs. And as you create your own core beliefs, you start to learn to discern what is resonating with you and what is not. And you start to understand that you don't have to believe everything you're told. You can actually choose what feels right. And it's a feeling. It's an inner knowing. It's not something you rationalize with your linear mind. It's a feeling inside. And the more I did that, the more I tuned in, the more I felt and discerned information for myself, the more my intuition started to open and the more mind-blowing things started to happen. Synchronicities were just like every day, all day long happening to me. Certain numbers were presenting like, and when I say synchronicities, it's like my attention would be drawn to something really specifically like a pop-out picture in a pop-up book. Numbers would pop out, words would pop out. Um, and, you know, animals, birds, things would pop out. And all of these things had meaning. They were meaning something. I was connecting the dots. I was going on Google, like what's the spiritual meaning of this or that? And you start realizing there's energy and frequency with all of these things and all these signs and all these messages. And as I'm tuning into my energy and I'm listening to my intuition and following it, all of a sudden, my reality starts shifting. And by that, I mean, I'm getting green lights all the time. I'm getting front row parking all the time. People are bringing me up discounts wherever I go. I mean, it's like life just started to be in my favor. Synchronicity was happening. Life began to be working in my favor, it seemed like. And I don't know why. People were starting to tell me their life stories, which has always been a thing for me. I think because I'm sensitive and empathic, people feel my energy and receptivity. So, you know. I'm in the grocery store and the butcher's telling me his life story from Venezuela for an hour. <laughs> you know, and I just kind of believed, well, there's a healing in the telling, right? So I'm just going to be present and kind and really listen to the story and supportive and everything like that. And let me tell you, I just heard so many stories and I could feel the weight of their soul lifting as they told me. And I feel like I always knew I was a healer, but I didn't really know what that meant. But I knew that when people talked to me, they felt better. And I knew that energetically something was happening unconsciously on my part, but I was helping another. This happened over and over and over again. And then I moved to Houston, Texas in about 2015, the end of 2015. And I had 
sold my book of business and I decided, you know, I think I'm going to really figure out what I can do with my life. How can I be in service? And um, the whole year, 2015, my husband had been transferred to open an office in Houston. I was living in South Carolina. So we were living apart for like a year. He was just commuting back and forth. And that's when all of this stuff started to really amplify and my intuition started to get really sharp. And um, a lot of mind blowing things were happening in my life. Um, Otherworldly things that I can't really describe. So, I decided, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to pursue this. I'm going to pursue this calling to be a healer. I'm going to pursue this calling to be in service and get certified in life coaching. And I did. And as I kept following the breadcrumbs and following the intuition, it just gets, got sharper and sharper and started amplifying, which means I started to read energy. I started to be very sensitive to everything energetically I was connecting to animals and trees and plants and I mean vibrationally I was just opening like a flower you know like a big receiver basically and I ended up finding Marconic's energy healing which is an incredible modality that it basically helps you to recalibrate your entire light body and open your field and it removes all this karma back to the inception of your soul. And as I experienced these protocols, which I talk about in my book, it just like blew me wide open. Now I was accessing things multidimensionally. Now I was um, experiencing things in my energy sessions with clients that were otherworldly. And blowing my mind, quite honestly. And I started to be, become a mentor to these energy clients. And I started to realize I was really stepping into my lane. And all the while, I never told anybody really what I was about, really who I was. Because I knew I'd be rejected. I knew my family couldn't understand it. I knew my family would be uncomfortable. And they were. Because one day I reached a point in my life where I was like, I cannot hide my authentic self anymore because I'm in my lane. I am meant to do the work that I'm doing and I need to speak my truth and I will no longer hide who I am, be worried about public opinion. I'm here to serve humanity in this way and I'm not gonna allow the opinions of five people or 10 people to keep me from my life's work. So I started to come out of the closet, the spiritual closet. It was like coming out of the closet if you're gay. I started to be honest with my family about things I was experiencing and seeing and knowing. And they were like, you're crazy. My family, my parents, <laughs> they wanted to fly out here and get me evaluated and locked up and put in a psych ward. They thought I was crazy because they did not understand what I was talking about. 
They didn't understand my gifts. They didn't understand the fact that I was a healer. They just couldn't believe it. You know, this, these are, you know, we're, we're very programmed in our beliefs and this was way outside the comfort zone. Right. And so my whole family really had a hard time with it. Not just my parents, my sister, my, my kids, my husband, they're like, what is happening to mom? <laughs> you know, but you know, we all have this inner calling and this purpose, this soul contract and mission here, each human being on this planet has one. And when you find it, it's up to you to answer the call. And it requires incredible courage because everybody's going to tell you why you shouldn't be doing what you're meant to be doing. You should be over here in a corporate job or dating a certain kind of person or striving for their dream. And I'm here to tell you, you're not here for that reason. You're here to be yourself, your highest and best self. You're here to step forward. You're here to speak your truth. You're here to create impact. And you're here to be a leader. You're not here to hide behind someone else's dream. You're not here to achieve someone else's dream. You're here to be the highest and best version of you, whatever that looks like, doing whatever lights you up and lights your fire. And as I started speaking my truth, as I started standing in my power and not allowing anyone to interfere or pull me off my mission and alignment here in this lifetime, the universe started to deliver all of this beautiful magic to me. My clients started to fly here from all over the country to work with me. I was invited on podcasts as a guest. I was inspired to write a book to help others navigate their way through this awakening process, which is really uncomfortable and really hard because you have to shed and release everything that is not true for you. You have to look at all these blind spots. You have to face yourself in such a vulnerable way and know this is not who I am or who I want to be. And I need to let these patterns go. And why am I doing it in the first place? And then you have to heal those ancestral traumas and patterns and relationship dynamics and stories that we tell. It was a really long journey and it's eternal. There's always another layer, another level to ascend to another, you know, sheet to pull off of karma, suffering, um, false belief, right? There's always another layer. So at the end of each chapter in my book, I have these journal prompts. So you can relate and do further inner exploration of why am I doing this? Why am I feeling this? Who am I really? I'm not this person everyone expects me to be, right? You're not. You're here to be you and I'm here to be me. And so that is how I started to embrace and find myself. When you're connecting to yourself on a higher level, when you're aware that there are multiple versions of you in multiple frequencies and dimensional spaces, they're all you having a simultaneous experience, but you're a multidimensional being you start to realize that you're so much more than just this human form. You're a soul having a human experience here. 
and your soul is also having other experiences in other places. We're multidimensional. And whether that resonates or not, that's what I know to be true based on my own personal experience. And everyone's going to receive the information that they need to the capacity that they can receive it. Some people can receive a very small amount and hold a very small amount of information that's out there and a little uncomfortable for them. Some people are huge and open and be like, wow, bring it on. I'm, gonna, I'm going to do everything I can to expand and grow and become the highest and best version of me. I'm gonna allow my consciousness to expand to its fullest potential. I'm gonna allow my connection with my team and my higher selves to guide me forward and follow it regardless of public opinion. Because we're here to live our fullest and best life and live our truth and speak our truth. And the more we ignore that, I find the more we're betraying our soul. So my work has been evolving and helping people unpack those deep karmic imprints and those DNA really deep programs that hold us back in life. My work is to show you how worthy you are and that you were born worthy. And I know that I can get you there because I did it for myself and I had no one to guide me. I did it alone. In fact, everyone was against me, honestly. That's why I wrote this guidebook. That's why I do the work that I do. And that's my story. Here I am, 2022, doing my book tour events, signing books, writing blogs. I want to do more public speaking. Hopefully somebody else will have me on their show. <laughs> but it's really all about us coming back and becoming whole and complete and just retrieving all those fractals of ourselves that we that are out there that are just you know pieces of us that we've given away we need to bring it all back bring it all back into alignment and become centered and know who we are and go forward with full purpose integrity alignment truth power and sovereignty so i hope those of you who listened in today will think about what i said because it's time for every one of us to claim ourselves own ourselves step into our sovereignty become empowered and go forward and live our dreams create our dreams create our reality and stop being so reactive and wounded it's time to heal it's time to become the best version of you and it's very much possible if you find the right people to guide you through. So wherever you are today, I wanna to thank you for being with me. Thanks for hanging with me through my story. Love you all. Have a beautiful day, be kind to yourselves. I'll talk to you later, bye.